Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, folks. This is Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee and myself. We're here to talk today about diffusing the tax time bomb. Uh, and certainly, Sean, that is a question that folks continue to ask more and more. You know, this has been a phrase that's been around for a while. And anytime we're talking about retirees or pre-retirees, taxes is a huge component of you know what we should be doing from a planning standpoint. It's a, a big component as to how much wealth we're going to have or keep and so on and so forth. But it seems like it's been kicked up a notch here recently with all the spending and uh, all the inflation <laughs> we're starting to see. So we're going to talk about that. But first, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm doing well. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting to watch the the news and and see these these big dollar amounts go across the screen and yeah yeah, yeah big spending big yeah. spending uh, big spending big inflation uh, big issues. I mean, obviously we're having people we're seeing all over the country. I mean, states are starting to say, hey, we're taking some of the STEMI back. You got to get back to work. There's all these you know. We've talked before, I mean, an economy is not just, uh, you know, one or two things. It's this big, you could almost go Lion King and circle of life with this, right? You pull something out of the equation uh, and you start to have issues. And we're definitely seeing some big ripples to this. I mean, there's things like used car sales are up a lot because new cars are sitting at the factories because there's not computer chips, because they're not being manufactured, because there's no workers. All the right. way down to burgers, you know, being flipped in healthcare and daycare and yada, yada, yada. Everybody, I just called today to try to get a maid service for my 80-year-old mother. And they're like, sorry, we're not taking any new clients. We don't have enough staff, right? So, there's all these things going on on top of the spending that's happening. And so that's where we're going to kind of bring this around to talk about diffusing the tax time bomb, because most of us are really certainly feeling like taxes are going to go up in the future. Uh, and if that's the case and you're sitting on a lot of things, your you know your bulk of your wealth maybe is 401ks, IRAs, then you've got a partner waiting for their share, right? And, uh, and that's Uncle Sam. Oh, yeah. So let's assess some strategies on how we can maybe diffuse this and knock it down. A couple of weeks ago, you and I did a podcast. We were talking about 401ks, reducing the contributions. Now, this might sound counterintuitive, Sean, but reducing the amount of money you're pumping into your 401k could be a strategy to diffuse the tax time bomb to, again, a strategy because there's other parts of this. But tell me what you think about that concept. We start to talk about diffusing the tax time bomb. There's a lot of working pieces here. You know, there's this dance in this fine line of reducing taxes now while your income levels are high? Are we trying to reduce this required minimum distribution issue down the road? And, and so when we, when we start to get into this, the one thing that I would say is, is if this is a concern, just sit down with somebody, you know, whether it's our team or not, and, right, right. and figure out what your tax ramifications are going to be. Because there are a lot of strategies to to reduce taxation down the road. And, and let's the, you know, the one thing that people don't think about and, and kind of that conventional wisdom when it comes to planning from advisors is, well, spend all your, all your post-tax money, your after-tax money, and let your IRAs, 401ks defer out as long as you can. Well, that creates its own issues. You know, at, at 72, we're required to pull money out. If we don't put any thought into how our withdrawal strategy is going to work, we may put ourselves, if we're good savers, in a position to where we have to pull out much more than we need. So catching it early, and this is one of those ideas, is, hey, should we reduce our 401k contributions? You know, just do the mac, or the match. Right, exactly, yeah. And then all the excess money, don't just pocket it and run with it and spend <laughs> it, but 
save it in different vehicles. Right. So different tax type strategies, whether it's a Roth IRA, if your income levels are, are low enough, or pivoting and using a, a Roth 401k option if your company has it. Yeah. Or investing in a brokerage account or using, you know, cash value life insurance, which we're gonna talk about all these things, but yeah. mm-hmm. having a having a distribution strategy in mind and using different types of investments with different types of tax attachments to them can really help your plan in the long term. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because we are going to move into that. So yeah, when I said it sounds a little counterintuitive at first to say, hey, stop pumping as much into your 401k. Somebody's like, well, wait a minute, that's how I'm saving the money, right? But but just go after the match, right? And then maybe because all that money is going to be growing, waiting for Uncle Sam to to get their share later on, maybe take the rest of that. And to your point, we're going to go through some of these. Put that in funding a Roth IRA. Right. And more and more businesses have them. I mean, our firm, we have a traditional 401k option, but we also have a Roth 401k option, which allows for our team to invest in a Roth 401k at the same limits that, that our, our traditional 401k allows for. But it's at, the only difference is that it's after-tax money. So they're, they're paying taxes now. They're taxing the seed of their money. Mm-hmm. And we have some younger employees. You know, We range anywhere from our youngest at 23 up till you know 50 but now you've got this taxing the seed of our money and then it grows tax deferred and the harvest is tax free and and so that's one option is using the Roth 401k another option if your incomes aren't over it's like 175,000 and change or something don't quote me on that cuz i haven't looked at the exact numbers but if your income level is too high you can't contribute to a Roth IRA but if you're if your income is under those limits, you can contribute to a Roth IRA as well, which is the same idea. The money is taxed already. Mm-hmm, it right. grows tax deferred. It comes out tax free. Well, and to your point, you mentioned that earlier. So let's say we make we are a high income earner, okay? And we say, well, I've been told I can't fund a Roth because I make too much. So you mentioned cash value life insurance. Is that an option for people? A lot of people are starting to revisit the life insurance conversation, Sean, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, some of these proposals that have not gone through yet are seem like they're targeting generational wealth, right? Like the reduce uh, the removal of the stretch IRA. Mm-hmm. That's you know now forcing it into the ten year window, possibly getting rid of the step up in basis. That's on the on the uh, possible chopping block, and yep. these things are kind of making it harder to leave wealth to our heirs as tax efficient as possible. So is ca- is a is a life insurance you know is that an option for folks? You know I think life insurance is going to come back into vogue or whatever you want to call it. Sure, but, it, it works. You know I like so life insurance is a is a useful tool, and I I talk a lot about. A, our personal strategies uh, as a family, you know, and, and life insurance is one of those tools that we've used in the past Mm -hmm. and we still use it today. And, but when you look at, at life insurance, there's this idea, well, oh my gosh, life insurance is a, it's, is a liability. I pay a premium and I get a death benefit where when you start to look at some of the cash components of life insurance, there's some pretty valuable components to that. Some strategic uses you could do. You can put as much money as you want into it each and every year. There's no limits on contributions or income as long as you stay within the parameters of your contract. Mm-hmm. It, you'll get a tax-deferred cash value growth bucket. Now, depending on the un- how what underlying investments you choose or if you use a fixed strategy or whatever it may be, that's all going to be different. So you, you get this cash value component to it, but then you get this death benefit that's tax-free. And oh, down the road, if 
properly built, and this is where you know I see a lot of life insurance policies that were poorly funded mm-hmm. or poorly built or poorly constructed. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to make sure that the cash component in the savings vehicle can withstand some of the cost of insurance. But if you fund it properly, then down the road you could potentially pull money out uh, tax preferred. Yeah, and so I like that. It's a different. I consider that kind of a different asset class than you know, the Roth. I consider it a different investment strategy than just like the markets. And so if you use it right, it's a pretty decent tool. And then your beneficiaries get a tax-free death benefit to pay taxes on all your other stuff. And you may, you know, there's a lot of ways you can use it yourself while you're still alive. So again, if it's properly set up, and like any financial vehicle, right, and any financial tool, it's a matter of. You know, what are you having it do and are you having it work correctly for you in, in your, your scenario? So it's always, always advisable uh, when we're thinking about trying to implement some strategies to start working with an advisor who is well versed in these things and can help you and can sit down with you and go through your situation to make sure that they're applying the right thing at the right spot. Uh, but back on track with that. So we were talking about like maybe high income earners or just in general or just avoiding the taxes in general, Sean. My final piece on this is the conversion conversation because. I mean, just do the math, right? Let's say you're in the 22% tax bracket right now. That's what you're paying currently. Well, when these tax, and they don't do anything from a uh, governmental standpoint, uh, taxes are going to sunset back to what they were. And that 22 person's probably going up back up to the 25, right? So I don't know when, you know, you and I go, you know, where the school we come from, 25 is more than 22. So why would you want to pay taxes on the money at 25% when you could pay it at 22% and maybe do some conversions now? That's just, again, another strategy. Exactly. And, the, you know, with the conversion strategy, it, you, know, you take that a step further, you know, Sean, should I do a conversion? Well, maybe, maybe not. If you're over 72, I don't know, maybe not, just right. because you have minimum distributions. But you know, from 59 and a half to 72 is kind of that golden decade where you have complete control of how your incomes are are going to be generated if you're retired. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean, you, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can do a Roth conversion before age 59 and a half. Like I, I actually considered doing one when the market's corrected back in March of 2020 uh, because it was at a low point, but. And so when when you start to look at, you know, should I do a conversion, you've got to take into account a lot of factors. Well, one, doing a conversion increases your incomes. So you have to be willing to pay the taxes. Two, how do you incorporate Social Security into a conversion? Are you going to push Social Security out a little bit so you can convert more? Uh, Three, is your required minimum distribution down the road more than you feel comfortable with? So it makes sense to convert earlier to get some of that money out of that tax deferred bucket. So when you start to look at Roth conversions, this is this is something that you you really need to take some time and and really look at and the one thing you don't want to have happen is just like willy-nilly, oh, I'm going to convert $100,000 <laughs> because it sounded good and I read right, right. you know something on yeah. the internet where you got to have a strategy, right? It, it destroys exactly, it destroys yeah. you down the road. So yeah. you know, I I I like Roth conversions when we recommend them. We take our time in, in figuring out what's that, what is that going to do to income. And there's some softwares out there that we use that we can almost determine down to the dollar. How much can you convert in order to keep yourself in that lower bracket? Because if you convert too much and you're on Medicare, your premiums go up, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. there's a lot of factors that come come with doing a conversion. 
Yeah, I mean, if you've got a million dollars and you're thinking about converting it, there's lots of you, you got to have a strategy because, to your point, you can't go willy nilly or just say, "Well, I'm." I mean, I guess you could you say, "I'm going to do it all at one time," but just be prepared for the ramifications yeah. that you're paying the taxes on that, and you're probably boosting yourself up a tax bracket or two. Uh, so just make sure that again, strategy, right? It's all about having a strategy when it comes to diffusing the tax time bomb. And those are just some options to ponder and to think about. And as we said earlier in the show, and you know, obviously we say it often before. Before you take an action on anything you've heard from us say that these things might work or might not work for you uh, or any other show you might be listening to or gotten some information or some water cooler talk or whatever, always check with a qualified professional. Sit down and talk about your specific situation. Don't just do it because Cousin Fred did it and so on and so forth. Talk about how it applies to you specifically uh, with the team at Elevated Retirement Group. Get on their calendar. Come in for a consultation or review at 855-50-RETIRE. That's 855-50-RETIRE. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on you know Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever you like to use. You can just simply type in the name of the show into the search box of those apps. Most of them are on your phone already. Type in Retirement Elevated. It should pop right up and you can subscribe to it that way. Don't forget to share it with folks who might benefit from it. And of course, if you need some extra help, stop by the website for the team at elevatemyretirement.com. That's elevatemyretirement.com. That's going to do it this week for the podcast, Sean. Thanks for hanging out with me, my friend. I hope you have a great week and enjoy your June. Hey, thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon here on the show. This has been Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee, Managing Partner at Elevated Retirement Group. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.